Welcome to this episode of Clinically Pressed. This is going to be a short series from myself personally, and I am going to see if I can get a couple of other co-hosts to get involved on this. But the topic of this series is things I wish I knew as I was kind of coming up personally and professionally in all of the areas of strength and conditioning, nutrition, um, professional work as for me in athletic training, um, and also leadership. So each episode will cover a specific topic, kind of going through the progression of looking back at what we wish we had known for ourselves and throughout our career, but really hidden in all of that will not just be the story of us trying to figure it out ourselves, but things that we think can apply to both a consumer of any of these things or also a professional within that, and just trying to help identify things earlier on in the process that would have ultimately helped make it better or faster to achieve in the long run. So please enjoy these, um, and we hope to have a bunch of these and that everybody gets as much information out of them as we have learned over the past however many years in trying to get to this point. This first wish I knew for me is around strength and conditioning or just generally weightlifting. Um, I would go back in hindsight and say that what I did in terms of strength and conditioning through my high school and beyond was not that. It was not really strength and conditioning. It was weightlifting and playing sports as the conditioning aspect of it all. Um, one caveat to all of this, especially for anybody younger listening to this, is the resources that we had access to when I was in high school, to not make myself sound old because I'm not, um, we're not nearly what we have access to now. Um, yes, the internet was a thing, um, but I remember calling in on 56k modems and when cable modem came out it was a game changer uh facebook was really not a thing until i was in college and even at that point um you had to have a dot edu address to join it youtube existed but not nearly to the content that it is today and then you can imagine beyond with twitter and now tiktok and all the different things now the information just wasn't quite as readily available so that is something even going back trying to find good useful valuable resources uh, they just weren't as readily available so a lot of my learning in quotes if you will came from talking to our strength coach who was a softball coach and a football coach and did what they could but also muscle and fitness magazines and flex magazine and both of those being geared towards aesthetics and you know flex was a bodybuilding magazine but i also distinctly remember one of my classmates having arnold's encyclopedia of bodybuilding again just what it's for is good but what i was trying to utilize the information for wasn't necessarily as beneficial because it wasn't geared towards athletic performance necessarily. So we used a program for that was called Bigger, Faster, Stronger. Um, it is still going strong today. I am sure it has evolved um, since the time I used it back in the early 2000s. But we, I did a four-day split 
which kind of focused on different body parts, kind of almost a traditional kind of bodybuilding split, um, which now in hindsight, I would probably never program for someone, especially if their focus was to improve performance, whether that be sport related or tactical, whatever it may be. Um, and then also just looking back at doing all the quote unquote accessory exercises. And by that, I don't mean any complimentary mobility or anything along those lines, but knee extensions, soleus calf raises. I remember doing a ton of those and loading the weight up thinking I was going to have, you know, bigger, stronger calves. And that was really going to help me with my jumping and my vertical. Um, and now in hindsight, realizing that really didn't do much other than maybe give my calf a little bit more definition and the soleus, which is not really going to be a jumping muscle for me. So, um, that in hindsight, I just spent a lot of time on a lot of things that didn't necessarily really contribute to what I thought they were going to in the long run. And also was very focused on getting my preacher curl heavier, which I finally just recently took a jump on. Um, and I think that's from years of doing a lot of rows and getting stronger from different pulling things in general. So really, I wish I would have known back then what were more of the list of focuses on. I was good at squatting, so that's the one I did. Was it perfect? Probably not in hindsight. I did very little Olympic lifting or Olympic variations, and by that, I never snatched. Um, I maybe power cleaned a little, but I've got to imagine that technique was not good at all. Um, probably awful, but definitely no even variations of that in terms of, you know, clean pulls, whether it's from a high or a low pull um, or any snatch grip stuff. I think that would have been highly beneficial to focus on, if it, and especially if it was properly programmed, to what I was trying to do in terms of being a better basketball player I, again I just didn't know any better didn't know to ask and don't remember being told even if there's a potential that I probably was also I had to realize that strength and conditioning was more than just the weight room like yes there was some conditioning I used to do and run around with the football guys to do that they had written from their coach but now just learning more like there was no movement skill training there was some of that with basketball practice and just some conditioning and basketball specific movement but not to the extent of learning how to jump and land or practicing it or working on stability going through different things but and definitely not anything for kind of energy system development or conditioning other than just doing some extra running uh, doing different basketball drills um, at higher paces till you got tired None of that was accessible to me. And again, the resources to find that weren't there as well. I think the closest thing, which now if, when I go back and look at it, was uh, Tim Grover's jump attack. Uh, it's the basketball, the trainer for Michael Jordan, a lot of other elite-level basketball players. And I thought we knew what we were doing in hindsight not a clue. Uh, I think I would obviously now look at it completely different, but those are the things that if you can 
figure out what you need early. You don't necessarily have to go and pay thousands and thousands of dollars to somebody to have them teach it to you. If you have the ability to, it's probably going to be really beneficial to get a good coach. But asking people for references and resources and finding things can be really, really good in terms of getting you started. Moving on to college, it kind of shifts a little bit for me. I ended up not playing collegiate athletics in any kind of competitive form. I ended up just going to school and being recreational and then really getting into the profession of athletic training, which I didn't really know existed until I got to college, but sorry for another day. Did my own lifting. Again, this was heavily influenced by Flex Magazines, Bodybuilding.com, Muscle and Fitness, some other things trying to find on the internet. Again, at this point, a lot of these resources were just coming out. The content creation that's out there today, um, good and bad, didn't exist back when I first kind of started out with it. And I really didn't know where to look. And in hindsight, very much kicking myself in that I did not reach out to any strength and conditioning coaches uh, at the university where I was at or any of the people that were kind of within that realm with that were my classmates that had interest in it because I think again I, I'm way behind where I could be if I had identified and realized that early so if you're checking that out now as an undergrad and asking for those resources and those kind of staples of basic good knowledge you are way ahead of the game and continue to do so but things I wish I would have known then uh, when I went to the weight room I again kind of stayed with this four-day split I was good at doing legs so I always kept doing legs um, and also never wanted to be the one that skipped leg day um, but that being said, I never actually had a program for myself or any kind of general outline to follow. You know, if I go in, went in, it was chest and bicep day because I was trying to kind of offset doing extra tricep work and faint, saving that for another day just so I could maximize it. Um, I generally knew what I was going to do, but I didn't have any set idea on weights that I was going to use or sets and rep schemes uh, just kind of adjusted and if I realized I had been doing from 8 to 12 reps for a while maybe I dropped it down to 4 to 6 just to throw a little change in there or changed up the machine or going from barbell to dumbbell so again nothing set that it was actually going to go and I got stronger and I've added some size and I did some different things there, but in hindsight, what could I have done had it actually been structured to accomplish what I wanted it to accomplish? Um, even just writing down weights that I used and the reps that I completed to try and figure out the best way to continue to advance what I was doing. There was very little scientific thought behind it in terms of trying to see what worked for me what seemed to help where I felt like I was getting you know the most gains uh, for lack of a better description and in hindsight again a lot of years wasted I think it went well I put on some size gained some weight um, in a good way for the most part um, but what could have been had I actually 
had some semblance of knowing what I was doing, uh, something I try and focus on a lot now. And then really at this time, um, if some is good, more is not always better. Uh, that's a theme that's come up a lot in my personal training life and also my career and trying to find that balance um, with everything that I've been working on and doing for myself and also those that I treat and train and do all these different things. Going in and doing four or five variations of bicep workout probably isn't going to really in my case, help my biceps grow or give me this subtle peak definition that I'm going for because I don't know that I'm there in terms of the body development like the bodybuilders I was reading about where the slightest adjustment could potentially help them achieve some growth or something that they were looking for. Um, I just my wasn't that developed and wasn't that focused. I would have been much better served focusing on bigger movements, um, compound movements, and really getting there, and also just not crushing myself by being in the gym for an hour and a half to two hours. Not necessarily what was needed. I go to the gym for a maximum of three hours a week now and probably see more growth and gains and um, strength from everything than I did from spending those hours and hours in the gym throughout college. Moving on from college and kind of moving into the start of my professional career, this, this point will come up when I talk about athletic training as well, but um, in the world of strength and conditioning, passing a test, any test with it, is not enough. It is a fantastic and probably necessary baseline to get there. And so this is for the consumer who is going to someone who just happens to have a certification. Well, what else have they done? How long have they had it? What's their years of experience doing what they're doing? Um, what test did they go and take? It can be a double-edged sword because you want somebody that has it, but they may just be getting started out. That shows they've got the initiative to establish a baseline of knowledge. And <clears throat> that is important and necessary at the same time just because you pass a test as a professional doesn't mean you got it pegged um, I've known a strength coach who had to go back and retake his CSCS who had almost 30 years of experience more experience than and expertise and knowledge than I will probably ever gain but me, just because I went and passed the CSCS test doesn't mean that all of a sudden I'm elevated to some level of knowledge above what they have just because I've got a piece of paper and a few letters behind my name. Again, it can be important and it's a great baseline, but it has to be deeper than that. You have to go beyond it to find the good quality resources to fully round out what you're hoping to do with your strength and conditioning and what you're going to provide and for me bouncing around to knowing different thoughts and theories and fundamentals and picking what makes sense to add to you what you believe and also looking at those things that challenge what you believe is going to be so important to being really good at what you're doing and providing the best care for the people you're serving and also for your own personal that brings kind of to the next point is working with people there's too much to know out there in the world of strength and conditioning and all these other areas that we're going to cover 
finding people that complement and you and have interests that you also may have interest in, but they go deeper because they can and have the time and do the different things is really important because that is going to ultimately be what makes a great team and it's going to serve the people you take care of. Nobody can know it all. That's the beauty and also the curse of kind of this area of work. But if you can work with people to A, get ideas and do different things, that helps. But then also just to have a better team to serve the people that you're taking care of. And really even making yourself, you know, better for whatever it may be, um, your own training or others. And again, that one time you're going to need that one thing that you happen to see, but you at least were open to it is going to be useful in some random situation that you're going to come across in the future. Have to learn to listen, speak the language before you really try and contribute. How many times have I put my foot in my mouth, not understanding what the conversation was, thinking I needed to interject when really it wasn't meant for me to do that at that time. Really try and be a sponge and ask questions before trying to input your opinion, depending on, and this is really big for internships or when you're working with a strength and conditioning coach and you may think you have it figured out and know better than them, like try and understand their why. Don't get me wrong, there'll be times when you are dead right and whatever else is going on isn't the quote unquote best way, but make really sure that you've got a full comprehensive understanding before you jump into trying to call that out. Always ask for resources. Ask some strength coaches what are their go-tos for books. Some may not have any. Some may have a ton. Some may have specific strength coaches that you should go and listen to. All of these are going to be enormously helpful as you continue to go through and you build your own library. That is something I wish I would have started earlier in terms of understanding to A, read books, but B, start reading journal articles. And since I finally figured that out a little bit, I've got a database through Microsoft OneNote of all the notes I've taken from books, articles, because now I've got a quick reference if somebody asks me something or if that something's just not quite where I want it to be uh, and I need an idea, I can go back and reference and ultimately figure out what my next step would be. Looking at a much bigger plan for programming and what you're trying to accomplish. For me, the bird's eye view helps me just collect my thoughts and figure out what we're doing. It has to be be one more one more than one block at a time. If you're just trimming along one block at a time, you may get lost in the details of not having this overarching plan. And so at least starting with an annual plan can help you organize your thoughts and get to the place you want to potentially be with setting up your programming and training and then you can go back and focus on the details which are also extremely important you have to have your why for every single thing you do and look at your details anybody can put exercises down on a piece of paper but do they actually complement each other does it make sense for what you're trying to accomplish that day does it work for the equipment or the setup that you have all of these things need to be taken into consideration is if you don't, you're going to end up running into something. It's going to be frustrating. 
but that doesn't mean you can't edit on the back end. But if you can start with your why and focus on the devil and the details early, it is going to be a significant benefit to you. And the last kind of in the professional one, and this is something I've learned from multiple areas of my career, is not everyone's going to respond the exact same way. And that's okay, but that's where we have to be able to adapt to them as much as possible. Have set foundational principles that you have in your programming, what you're trying to accomplish. But understand that somebody's going to respond to higher volume when somebody might not. And that's not to say you need to go and have individual programs for every single person because that can become daunting or potentially impossible. But if somebody truly is not responding the way you want them to, you have to be able to recognize that and be able to adapt and know that that is not a dig on your program that you wrote. It is potentially something that just will show you as almost a better coach or trainer because you were able to recognize it, adapt to that person, and ultimately get them the best results. And finally, just to kind of wrap it up, some personal takeaways um, that can provide both to my own personal and also my professional is it's not always how much. you got to find what works for you, and that can be in how you're writing for people or yourself, volume, intensity, frequency. Like I said, I used to be a four to five days in the gym, hour and a half to two hours, easy, now I'm three days a week. We'll call it an hour. It's probably a little less, but it's a lot less volume, um, more intensity, heavier lifting, but the results come with it. And in terms of how life is right now, that's what fits and it works for me. So we're good to go there. Know what quote unquote good resources are. Didn't know where, um, and how to look and I probably paid the price in terms of being five seven years behind where I could be I'm still in catch-up mode there are books that I have on my shelf that I'm embarrassed that I'm at this point in my career that I have not gotten through yet to take up those basic knowledge Um, and I'll get there and I'll get through them but if you're a young professional in this don't you know, poo-poo them, and no, I don't need to read that. No, you should get the basics down, use it so it can be now become a reference, not something that you have there that you haven't got a hold of. You'll appreciate it in the long run. Um, this one wasn't about nutrition. We will do one of those, but understand that supplements won't fix, enhance much without the basics covered. Uh, save your money. I uh, spent a lot of money that I wish I could have back Um, and would have put into investments in books or whatever it may be or courses for supplements because it was going to unlock my genetic potential Uh, and it just wasn't worth the spend of the money Uh, and wish I would have gone back and known that and now don't use very much at all for that specific reason Um, I'd like to invest that money other places Knowing it's okay to take a break. Um, if your body gets run down, it's okay to take a week or two weeks off. Like, yes, it can be a little rough getting back into it and getting started, but um, you may come back and get even stronger from taking that break and letting your body recover. Uh, that is okay. I personally feel like now I kind of fall off the wagon a little bit um, when I take a break, but it doesn't have to happen as that bad either. And so when I do get back, it's fairly quick to jump back into that basis of strength. I took 13, 14 months off with COVID um, from actually getting under a barbell. 
I'm back to some of my pre-COVID strength and still building that back up, but I've fallen right back into my old program. It hurt for the first five to six weeks, but then all of a sudden it hit, I was back in the groove, and things have been good ever since. And then the last point, um, A, for people who are looking for a trainer or coach, um, or those that are looking to be a trainer or coach, find people or become a person with a big toolbox. We referenced that earlier. You have to be able to pull on different things as you meet different people. Again, having your set principles, but flexibility to adapt to the people you are serving um, is crucial, I believe, to success. And having a big toolbox and knowing when you can draw on those different things is going to be a game changer for your personal training and also your career in terms of helping people out so that was our first wish i knew around strength and conditioning lots of things um hope it shed some light on just starting things earlier being okay with that uh and really getting down the basics to help build it out i'm looking forward to doing more of these and with that hope you guys all have a rest good rest of your day and we'll be back soon with another episode of things i wish i knew Thank you for checking out this episode of Clinically Pressed. Go to clinicallypressed.com for full show notes and links to everything that we covered in this episode. While you're there, you'll have full access to all our episodes, insights, and shorts. You can find Clinically Pressed on YouTube or any podcast outlet that you use. If you could give us a rating, thumbs up, or a review on how we're doing, we would greatly appreciate it and heard it helps out quite a bit. To get more free content delivered straight to your inbox, sign up for the Total Athletic Therapy newsletter at totalathletictherapy.com or clinicallypressed.com. You'll get direct links to all the new Clinically Pressed episodes, reviews on some of the latest research in health and performance, and links to related podcasts and other items meant to help you make the complicated, simple, and optimized performance. Thank you for listening and see you next episode.